They do an event in Bellingham. Yeah, it's like the I've meeting. been there. I've been there to fly to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a super cool town. I love Bellingham. Uh, so we, yeah. if you go into the town away from the airport. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's we, all I thought it was too. Was like an access point. Yeah. <laughs> There's the rest of America. Ready? I'm ready. You ready? Ready as I'm gonna be. Ready? Ready? Let's do this. All right, I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. I'm Rich Freeland. And this is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Welcome to it. Yay. Yeah. GDC 17? Yeah. Right? 2017. 2017. Not number 17? Number. No. 29? 29? Oh my gosh. That's a guess. Early 90s, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, apostrophe 17. <laughs> like an EA Sports game. I just game. didn't like, you know, you can't enunciate the apostrophe. <laughs> it's like a, is that just a sharp inhale? Um, so, we're at GDC. And we have Rich with us. We're here. We're hanging out. Those in the corner. Are, yes, we're, we're in the corner <laughs> sitting on the floor. Yes. <laughs> As you can probably hear. Yeah. Heavy emphasis on the indie game audio. <laughs> this is what I'm all about. So, for those who may not know... Who you are. Yeah. Tell us a little um, bit about yourself. Yeah, I can do that. I have been making sound and music under the name Disaster Piece for the last maybe 11 years. Uh, mostly doing games, but also doing like some film and cartoons and whatever, basically. Yeah, you're all over the place. It's awesome. That's kind of been my MO, I guess. Yeah. Just, just want to keep doing this stuff, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. see where the wind takes me yeah, yeah. It took me out west and then I lived here for a while and it took me to just took me to LA yeah uh, right so just, just keeping on working on a film right now working on um, gonna be working on a, a 3D game with uh, Heart Machine the, the folks who made Hyper Light Drifter oh so, great cool cool, cool. nice so uh, which was a great sounding game oh, cool. 3D so they're abandoning game maker well not and then that sounded yes. negative. They're gonna, they're gonna yes, this in is the most technical of terms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, they're they're, they're switching. They're yeah. gonna create yes, they're gonna create a game maker 3D mod. Now it's uh, <laughs> uh, it'll be yeah, it'll be 3D engine. So, so I'll get to do some new stuff. It's funny. I've worked on a lot of stuff now. I've never done audio for a 3D game before. Yeah, yeah. Which is super weird to think about. Yeah, right. We're uh, we're doing a 3D project at Clay. Mm-hmm. Finally, for all fun. Oh, right, because they've always done 2D. Yeah, they've always done 2D. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm working on 3D. And I was trying to think of when I had worked. And I think it's like eight or nine years since Jesus. I've worked on a 3D project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've so done like two like, and a oh, half wow. D. Yeah. Like I've done like, like, like Fez like, or like too many robots was two and a half D. But it's like, I've yeah. never done an actual game where you're like looking around and uh-huh. there's stuff flying by your head. <laughs> so I'm excited about yeah, it. Yeah, Contraption, Contraption was my first. And I, Parkitect is technically 3D, but it's. Feels it's, it's it's orthographic. Ooh. <laughs> I don't, know don't ask me any further questions, please. Orthographic <laughs> uh, audio. Yeah, but it feels two D, which is like a huge problem for Unity. Yeah, because uh, it's like you're looking down on it, and there's this really tall tower, and this person far away, and where do you put the listener? Because one of the, one of those things is going to be really quiet. Yeah, in, oh, no. in the three D space, so we have to build our own tool to like smash it to. Just left, right. You can't panning. just use normal like attenuation spheres. No, no they have to be circles, basically. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's Crazy. weird. Really hard to explain. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to imagine it. <laughs> but it's a gigantic problem. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, what are you? Well, into it, or are you still just like theorizing and thinking about that? Yeah, I'm not into it yet. I'm I'm just kind of theorizing and figuring out what tools I'm going to use and stuff because right now I'm working on a feature. Right. Um, I'm working on a feature film with the the director that I worked on it follows with. Cool. And this time around, it's a it's it's more of a noir style film. Oh, interesting. So I've had to do a lot of homework because I, you know, I'm I'm working with all these film, you know. Film buffs, and I'm yeah. not a film buff, so <laughs> I, had to, I had to go watch like Citizen Kane and like. You know, Noir's a good genre. Vertigo. That's good kind of movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're cool. So took a class on film noir in university. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's great. So just getting into you know writing for orchestra and. Oh man. I don't I have no idea what I'm doing, but it's but it's really fun, <laughs> and I have I have some people helping me, so. Yeah. 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 We had a good orchestration talk at the Bellingham thing. Yeah. Making sure that you're not writing. 
for people that require like seven fingers. <laughs> yeah, just put it all. I'll just put it all in this flute patch. Yeah. <laughs> it's twelve voices. What do you mean you can't play that? <laughs> what do you mean million? We need to write out twelve <laughs> separate flute parts. That's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually that's actually been good though because it's gotten me to think. Okay, well, why don't I just try to like give one part per section? Yeah, mm-hmm. an orchestra. It kind of keeps it more simple. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't uh, know how to do it either. I know it's just fake it. But. It's it's hard. It's hard. I yeah. uh, when I first started trying to write some orchestral stuff for it, I kind of realized really quickly I don't have what I need to do this. Everything I was doing just sounded terrible. Yeah, I had to go out and buy a bunch of stuff just to even deliver something remotely. Right. A Let's, mock-up that sounds... Mm, you could have something. remotely imagined what it would sound like. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I noticed the same thing recently. It took me like four, day, four days to download every, all that stuff. Really? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and I was like, maybe I need an, maybe I need an assistant or something. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> I couldn't get any work done. Is that like Spitfire? Yeah. yeah. I was just like staring at progress bars for yeah. four days. Yeah, they're gigantic. I had to write my first... Uh, or I, I, I did hire a violinist for the first time recently to play something I wrote, which was so intimidating because I don't have any classical background. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but Please people don't play this thing. Um, yeah, I heard Michaela Aftigal. It's like amazing. Cool. So I was like, I don't know if this is, it was like 180 BPM, all tremolo. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've like seen her play very fast before. So I was like, <laughs> what the patches, <laughs> what the patches I have. Can a human do this? <laughs> You're like like pitch-bending your pad samples? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no problem. Uh, she knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. It was really, really good. Cool. Yeah, so that's going to be played by a full yeah. thing? Are you going to yeah. direct it? Conduct it? I could, conduct but I'm not very good at conducting. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't feel confident enough. I took some conducting at music school, but that, yeah. was, like, that was like a decade. That was so long ago. So. That whole, like, that scares the crap out of me. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's better to be in the recording booth. Just yes. kind of have a, you know bird's eye view of what's going on and mm-hmm. be able to be like you know think on my feet yeah if you're there in the thick of it and I'm like oh, just panicking from conducting and then I have to like <laughs> process what I'm hearing and make the critical decisions no yeah yeah, yeah exactly no, that's a bad idea that's gonna be great yeah I would probably be in tears Orchestra. Like, it was. I um. We had to do. So this project's been interesting, and I've been trying to use it as an excuse to kind of embed and learn about how filmmaking works. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I've been involved since the development of the film, so I uh, I got to be on set a whole bunch, working with um, people oh, on screen who are like you know, yeah. fake playing instruments. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, being asked to do like last minute like hand choreography for like a band, just like random, really random stuff, and right. just kind of see how the you know how they how the pizza's made. And, yeah, yeah. Um, we had to do a uh, piece for a quartet, mm-hmm. so I got to do an arrangement of a of a song from the '60s for a quartet and a vocalist, and that was something I'd never done before. My uh, experience with live musicians was pretty limited. Like I worked with a reggae band to do recordings for Shoe Many Robots, which was like a <laughs> nice. blues southern blues rock yeah, soundtrack, yeah, yeah. which was kind of weird. Uh, but, but great. Yeah. And that was the, probably the last time I worked with like, you know, a bunch of musicians. So it was really cool to hear moving to LA and just you know get hear some stuff with them. some really top notch musicians. It was it was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's really cool. I'm jealous of uh, my wife works in film and she's always coming home with cool set stories and <laughs> I'm like my job's pretty cool but hers is cooler. I mean, besides <laughs> working with famous people. Yeah. <laughs> that part's cool, but yeah. it's also kind of grueling. Yeah, no, the, her days are super long. 13 hours. Every day oh, I was minimum. On, yeah, every yeah. day I was on set for at least like 12, 13 hours. Yeah, so. that's where, that would be her minimum. 12 to 20. I, yeah, I don't know. That part, no thank you. I don't know if I can do that anymore. We'll see. <laughs> no, well, I, I would never want to be... I, I respect the people that do it, but... Yeah. Like, production sound is way too stressful for me. <laughs> the thought of having to troubleshoot like a high-end recorder with all these cables and mics. Yeah. Like well, where the, every second that ticks by is probably like $150. And those, those guys are working the whole time. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was more just like, I was there for a couple a couple of, a couple of shots. Yeah. So I was just sitting around for like, you know, maybe five hours. And then, right. I, and then they needed me like, you know, at my, on my A++ game for like five minutes. And then, yeah. I, yeah. and then I'm just sitting around for like three more hours. Yeah. And it's like that all day. We had to do it at school. It's definitely fun, but when it's bad, it's... So stressful, but some people just like really get off on it. Yeah, it's very exciting. 
That's why my life, my wife likes that. She likes the action. Yeah. Rather than working in the shop. It's exhilarating, but I, well, I, I'm glad I did it so I could kind of see what it's about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like being home. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I'm a cat. Me too. Hey, well, here we go. <laughs> I'm a cat. You have some. Yeah. I have two. You have you have cats. Yeah, Matt got a new cat. I got a new cat. Yeah, new he has a name now. Yes, what is it? Giles. Giles? That's Giles. kind of a good cat name. Yeah. Very British sounding. Yeah. He's a total doofus, though. He doesn't actually really seem like a Giles. He was almost a Waffles, and he's he is a kind of Waffles more than a Giles. Maybe you but can just say both. It's kind of yeah. Short it might be it Waffles Giles. might be his last name. Might be Mr. Giles Waffles. Giles Waffles. But it I came like down to uh, when when your cat's sick and you have to go to the vet and the vet goes, "I'm sorry, but Mr. Waffles has cancer." No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't have that. No, that's unacceptable. <laughs> So that's that's the new rule about naming a cat is like how does it sound when being, and then you wouldn't look at waffles ever the same. Being really I bad think, news is delivered with that name and you, you, know, and like, you could never eat waffles. You'd be like waffles. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> that's like such a movie trope. So in real life. so that that cut waffles off there. Yeah. We've gone. You're probably Giles. not going to meet yeah. that many Giles. So. Yeah. Or is this Jean Claude Van Damme? Even. <laughs> I guess that's going to happen to us. <laughs> or, or Gray Cat, the other one. <laughs> Just a description. <laughs> no, he's got a formal name for the vet only to not think we're horrible. <laughs> I have a friend who had gray cat and brown cat. Gray cat or do it. I think you're in the clear of those. Yeah. Like, you're, you're sure it's gray? <laughs> my, my, cat, my cat's name was gray cat. <laughs> oh, gray cat. Well, we, gray named, cat. we named the brown cat gray cat. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Just, uh, like, why? Just upsetting <laughs> the natural order of things. It's funny for a little while. And it's forever. That sounds, that's that's, that's forever. That sounds like, like a gaslighting technique. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a noir film? Can you watch? Is, is Gaslight noir? I haven't seen I it. Don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what you're referring to exactly. Gaslighting is when you manipulate someone into thinking they're insane. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think we may have actually now... Um, we actually talked about cats in the podcast, which should actually appease some people for a change. Yes. I was getting complaints that we don't talk about I was kind of getting, I was trying to get out a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to say I'm a cat. Right Giving the people what they want. <laughs> Socially manipulated. Uh, so games. Yes. Video games. Back yeah. to video games. Um, something I thought that was really cool that you did lately. You put out a mini Metro soundtrack. Yeah. Which was really cool, and you put out a remix package yeah. with it. You were one of the only people that was like, "Yes, this is so exciting!" And I was very happy that you were excited. Oh, I haven't great. done anything with it yet, but I was really excited, and that was, I thought that was a really neat thing to do. Cool. And to slip into Bandcamp. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a zip file. Rename it. Right, because <laughs> Bandcamp doesn't let you upload uh, zip files. Yeah, so yeah I, right. I changed it to a text file. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a giant. Like a 200 um, megabyte text file, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, part of it, part of it came out of laziness, I think, because I was like, man, to make a good soundtrack of this would be really—it's going to take me a long time because right. the music is completely procedural and yeah, I don't right. even know where to start. Mm -hmm. So I, at some point, kind of had this idea, you know, what if I just like, here's the soundtrack, <laughs> like wink, wink, you know, <laughs> this is what it is—it's just a bunch of samples. Uh, we also talked about doing like a standalone app. That yep. like generates the music, but we they the team has been really busy, so we haven't really right, yeah, right. gotten into that. Um, we had this other idea, which was kind of fun, which was that um, we would release the soundtrack, like one track for every city or whatever, and then we'd release the soundtrack on all the different platforms, you know, Spotify, etc. Mm -hmm. And every platform we released it on would have different versions of all the all the songs <laughs> because it's a procedural soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people would be like, "Oh, which version do you have?" Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. I know Andy did that. I love for... that one. I seem to hate that one. I don't know what you're thinking about. Oh, because you're listening to the Spotify version. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, uh... Andy did that for part of his uh, his ARG for Oxenfree, where he's just like sneakily replacing sound SoundCloud files. Mm. So people would, or no, Bandcamp files. So people would like download songs and then it wouldn't be there the next day. So only <laughs> some people would get that song yeah. and stuff. And there was, yeah. was like hiding messages and stuff. So, I That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wonder if people would even notice that the songs are different because the vibe would be so similar. Yeah. 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 I, 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 yeah. 
Some people would. Yeah. So, so I thought it was a really cool idea. And you have, have you got anything back from anybody yet who's done anything? I think I got one. Yeah. One remix. It was pretty good. Yeah. So it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was a really neat like peek behind the scenes mm. for just sort of anybody interested in mm-hmm. how this stuff works. How it's how it's made. Yeah. You know, like I would have never guessed how. You actually did it, but now I kind of have a bit of an idea of like, oh, okay, he's got the samples in the group, like, yeah, like well, how kinda, they're grouped out and everything. It's yeah, like, it's kind of weird. I mean, because it, it kind of sounds like it's something that, oh, it's probably like a some kind of runtime, yeah, synth score, you know, synth score or something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to do, but you know, it, there's a lot of uh, hurdles, there's a lot of technical obstacles to doing that kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. in the end, it, we just decided to do the thing that we knew how to do, <laughs> yeah, which was you know. Render out samples. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so you guys, you chose not to use FMOD. Right. Right. Yeah, we what, didn't. Use, what were the kind of hurdles that you were running into? That, that we had issues with latency. Okay. And we also, have had that in the past. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't snappy enough. Yes. Right. And yeah. also the other issue that we had was that the workflow wasn't. I was trying to do this project with a UI, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to use FMOD Designer to do like everything being beat synced. Yeah. And right. it's not really, I don't think it's designed for that. Uh, it might do it, but I talked to some people and it didn't seem like it was gonna be an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. So ultimately I decided, you know, I think it would be better if, if I could just do this in code. If you just figure out, you know, the right the right tools. Um, and so we kind of stumbled on this, this Unity plugin that someone made for uh, procedural like ambient music creation called G. G audio. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And so it had all these bells and whistles. We we kind of went under the hood and stripped a lot of stuff out and kind of yeah. focused on the idea of like you know let's let's you know you can use an update loop running at musical increments instead of frames per second. Basically. Yeah, and right. Then everything just runs on that idea. Oh basically. wow, that's very clever. That's yeah. Cool. So lots of lots of long grueling nights thinking about modulo, and shit like that, like math stuff. So yeah. right, but it's fun. Yeah. I like the dots inspiration. I was just on the designing down article. Canadian guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dots. yeah, yeah. Cool. It starts out so little. You're just like, what is this? Mm. And it goes crazy. Yeah. It's such a cool short film. He physically etched on film. film. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have not seen. You'd it. like it. Yeah. It's cool. I also learned how to blow through a uh, grass reed today. Oh great! <laughs> you guys know Martin? Martin Cavalli? You guys know Martin Cavalli? Don't think so. I met a Martin last night. He's from Norway. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, an audio person. Audio person. <laughs> Soundy. Martin is who pushed me over the edge about getting an OP1. Oh. Which I still don't have. <laughs> yeah. So what edge it? did you get pushed over exactly? <laughs> no, he's ordered I, it. I ordered oh, it. Okay. I put money down. Okay. Um, but the there was, edge. There is this, like, they ran out. Yeah, that happens. And they haven't had any for three months. Oh, wow. Like, mm-hmm. anywhere. Dang. Because the store didn't have any. I was like, oh, man, okay. I'm going to cancel my order. I'm just going to go buy it somewhere else. And I started looking. I'm like, nobody has them anywhere. Yeah, they're really popular. So yeah. I've been on, I'm, on a, I'm on a wait list. You know, it's like a it's a beautiful thing. I am, I've been People pushed like, over that edge, but I'm just in the, like, mm, suspended. Yeah. I haven't fallen yet. I'm just hanging. <laughs> hanging over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have that really unique kind of design sense that people really like. Yeah. People like so I was like, things. I was like, oh, I re- like it's really cool. It's a really yeah. neat product. And I was like, but how much sound design can I do? Because, I mean, I do a weird side music project stuff, yeah. but my main focus is, you know, sound design. So yeah. I was like, Martin, I know you've got one. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this last game I did, it was like 70% came out of that thing for sound design. I'm like, perfect. I can do that then. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if you, you have to kind of build like a... Like a like a box like a sandbox for yourself or something like yeah. like if you can come up with a, like a concept that works and fits the you know limitations of that device then yeah mm-hmm. go for it but I mean I think in general like for me what's kind of kept me focused towards like using uh, in the box stuff yeah is is just the the practicality of it mm-hmm. yeah where you know like I flirted with things like modular and stuff like that but whenever I actually try to like get into it, it I feel like limited in a way that would be good for if I was trying to make an album. Yeah. Right. Then where I could just it could just be whatever. Yeah. yeah. But when you're trying to do a specific And you thing, have to do recall need, and there's revisions and Yeah, you need a workflow. You yeah. need you need flexibility. Mm-hmm. 
I know. Um, I know Vince, our composer, has found uh, he's incorporated hardware into his composition mm-hmm. uh, for the play stuff. But a lot of it has been based around the fact that he's been able to find plugins that allow him to recall everything on the hardware. So wow. he's got like a a, a, cool. a sub fatty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a Moog plugin that lets you set up the whole like oh patch my goodness. and then. All right, instantiate the project, send the patch wow. out to the, the synth, and then... So it's, like, digitally turning the knobs without actually turning yeah. the knobs? Yeah. That's, That's cool. awesome. Um, and he's got a... There's there's a third-party one for the Profit as well. Wow. So, like, that is allowing him to use hardware in his workflow in a workflow kind of way. That's yeah. not like, oh, I played a thing, and I, I yeah. recorded it, and... <laughs> I have 800 patch cables and I can't touch any of this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. never going to hear it again. Yeah. 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 Like I, I have a little bit, a small modular as well, and I'll use that for sound design or my own weird music, but that's like you're saying, album music. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a hobby. It almost feels like hobby. It's, it is just what yeah. it is, and I don't have to revise it. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it takes so many notes. Yeah. I take pictures yeah. of my um, mini brute patches. Oh, man. Yeah. Which is. This is an issue that I've been running into lately, uh, well, for a little while, because I, I started getting into making MIDI scripts. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Because um, in Logic Pro, they have this framework where you can build uh, JavaScript um, nice. MIDI plugins, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it's great, and you can do all kinds of really cool stuff, and I've built probably like 15 or 20 different little toys that do different things that have been helpful. Mm-hmm. But the problem with them is that there's no way to save like settings or oh. I mean you know like the settings are saved in the session file or whatever but you can't yeah. save presets the automation okay. is kind of janky like you, you know it's not really like it's kind of a toy like you can't yeah it's it's kind of risky to like use it as like the centerpiece of, of a piece of music <laughs> yeah. and hope it stays right it's not, it just <laughs> magically disappeared and then you're like bug fixing your own software in, in the middle of writing a song and it's like yeah yeah right eee. nothing nothing kills the creative <laughs> creative flow like that's so, cool though what kind of tools have you made uh lots of stuff it started with mini metro actually yeah because i i wanted to make what i did with mini metro into something that you could use in music so i built this like crazy multi like three-headed monster thing that's like it generates uh, sequences like mini, mini Metro does mm-hmm. of different mm-hmm. rhythms and it's all based on um, random ranges like everything is based on a seated random range so that it's like predetermined but then you can adjust everything and so it's the idea is to try to like find things through knob turning and like happy yeah. accidents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has all these sort of things with like being able to like dynamically move patterns around through different scales and keys and rhythms and uh, it has like Euclidean rhythm generation type stuff in it. Cool. Um, you know, you can kind of do all this stuff with, like, pattern generation, too. Like, not just, like, pulse pulsing sequences, but you yeah. can do, like, fragmentation of rhythms. And, like, you can do things with rests, and it's kind of like a monster. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to ma- <laughs> it's really hard to work on and manage because it's just, like, <laughs> you know, some just dinky script language. This little yeah. script that does everything. Yeah. yeah. It's like that plugin that came out a while ago that's like Is massive amounts of LFOs and oscillators. Oh. And it's made on such a scale that you can't twiddle its knobs and you basically just have to hit the random button. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, there's so much. It's, it's like, yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. it fits your whole screen and it's still the tiniest <laughs> little knobs. You're just like, I... That actually it's, sounds super fun. I love those random... And it's all about yeah, yeah. just hitting random and yeah, you're just a curator. Yeah, yeah. At that point, which I actually really like too. When vacuum used to come with, uh, yeah. oh, oh yeah, they always sing. This is uh, this is the music that we licensed for this episode. <laughs> okay. Oh, they're gonna go right into it. That's happening. Yeah. <laughs> That's happening. That's great. GDC. We love it. Yeah. You never know what's going like, to happen in any corner of any room. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There's there's that company, you know, Glitch Machines? Yeah. They, they have all those cool, like, random sort of... Yeah, yeah, they got some cool stuff. It's really esoteric, and you kind of hit the random button. Yeah. Hope for something cool. <laughs> yeah, I love it for UI. UI sounds a lot of the time. Like, yeah. No, he's... he's Finding unique UI. Yeah, yeah. If you use S layer, that one's kind of oh, yes. cool for that too. Yeah, S layer's great for so much stuff. Yeah, I used S layer in Mini Metro for all this, really? all the sound effects. Yeah, yeah. I just, I had made this like, it was a really 
it was like a prototype sampled instrument. It was literally just a sine wave. Yeah. Like yeah. one octave of a sine wave. Yeah. And I just threw that. Yeah. I basically just threw that in the in S layer. S layer. And I I just ran, I just let it like run like random ran, like hit the yeah, random yeah. key or whatever yeah. over and over and over and yeah. I just rendered it out and then I was like oh I like this one I like that one yeah, yeah. And so for a long time I just had this like this like pool of like 200 of these like sine sine wave sound effects and I yeah. just like I think that'll work there I think that'll work there and I just yeah. kind of that's how I did the sound design for that <laughs> yeah. basically sweet and this is all abstract anyway yeah yeah abstract. I, well I know like you can get good organic stuff out of it as well I know. Um, Dave, Dave at Bioware was telling me they you, they would just that, that was like right when Nestler came out for ME3, and he said they were just setting it up with MIDI and Ableton to like automatically adjust all its parameters, and wow. they would just like fill it full of sounds, let it run for an hour, and like go have a coffee, and come back, and they're just like this is all usable. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, it's like six gigs of usable source <laughs> in an hour. Or oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, Ableton's pretty good for that. I'm sure you could do it in Logic too. Yeah, I think you can just you can run automation. Yeah, I think I, I haven't used it in a while. I love it. I used it a lot on Invisible. Yeah, yeah, for the weird computery sounds mm. at the end. Yeah, yeah. I did a when I did this indie game, The Floor Is Jelly. I used it for uh, there's these like secret terminals, like computers that you access, mm -hmm. and for every individual. Uh, Character on the screen would have like a slightly different little like glitchy thing. Oh, cool! I use that for that, yep. and various other things that are similar mm -hmm. to that sort of. Yeah, Esler and Woosh. Esler <laughs> and Woosh are like the source machines oh, yeah. for me. My favorite reactor plugins for sure. Oh, you use Massive a lot, still. Um, I just remember the well, the yeah. tutorial from well, two years ago. That was awesome. Oh, thanks. I yeah. find Massive like really overwhelming. Really? I, I have it. There's so many synths that it. I can't eat, like I yeah. find overwhelming. Yeah. And for the, for whatever reason, I f that one seems to speak to me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I've, I just haven't tried hard enough, probably. But I, mean, I always default to the Ableton synth. Okay. So operator. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know what. Uh, I just got really comfortable using it, and mm -hmm. and so I kind of stuck with it for a couple projects. I'm trying not to use it as much anymore. I've been getting more into sampling, actually. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot of. Like I did an Adventure Time episode last year, and I did all, oh, fun. I did all contact patches using cool. people samples that people sent me. So lots awesome. of granular stuff, and kind of playing with pitch. Yeah. So that was a was. was so how did you come up with that idea of like mm. crowdsourcing your samples? Like I think it came from uh, yeah, like the sound palette of Adventure Time is yeah. kind of very eclectic and fun, mm -hmm. and so I thought a good way. To get a very eclectic sound palette would yeah. be to crowdsource. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a good idea. What I've been enjoying on Wander Song is that Greg, the programmer, has been writing a bunch of themes. Mm -hmm. So hmm. I've been able huh. to like drag myself out of my harmonic minor hole <laughs> that I've been stuck in forever. Is he sending? He's sending themes that I wouldn't write, right? Yeah, yeah. But his it's just like Garage Band. He's just like plunking some stuff out, and they're catchy yeah. little themes. Yeah. And then I get to just like flesh them out into fully full blown songs and stuff. Put them in a harmonic minor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, I did that with one of them. One of them. There is a whole level that he wants to be kind of like Roma Gypsy sounding. Music, okay, yeah. So, so I do get to hop back into my harmonic minors again. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, uh, yeah. For, uh, <laughs> for me, we're, I, we're getting our money out of this yeah. licensing. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, it's like uh, you know, I, I, I'm always trying to like do different things to to mix it up so that I'm I, I'm not getting too stale. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, on a project like Rains, uh, which is this mobile game I did last mm -hmm. year. I brought in uh, I brought in friends to do all the like the content creation. Oh, cool! And I just kind of over oversaw it and did like implementation and kind of designed some of the systems. Right, right. And right. So it was like kind of a fun break and like you know maybe what, how would I feel about being an audio director? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I kind of realized that I didn't really like it, but <laughs> but I did like aspects of it. I liked yeah. working on the systems. Like I built like a like a procedural. Uh, like like gibberish dialogue system for yeah. the game, yeah, which is yeah, really fun to build. It's kind of pretty good. Too. It's fun. Um, so I, you know, I like just I'm always trying to like find like what's the what's the path for me in this project that's going to make it like yeah weird and different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was a great game. Direction is a it's a whole different thing. For I sure. Like, I feel like we should be holding hands. Yeah. <laughs> I think they do every song, every, the same song every year. I've heard it before. Yeah. Yeah. 
I did not know that this was a thing that happened. Yeah, it's like a heard this uh, pep squad or a glee, never, glee club I've, or something. I've only ever yeah. seen them practicing. I've never seen them like where it, performing where it happens. Yeah. Are they CAs? Or are they? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. They've all got the shirts. Seeing something behind the scenes. Yeah, we're learning. We're yeah. Learning things. Yeah. <laughs> so with with Mini Metric, yeah. Where was it always where did the idea to be like so musical based kind of come from? Was that like mm. something from the get-go or was that like something uh, that was discovered or so they reached out to me after their first choice. They couldn't find they couldn't get a hold of him, he disappeared. Uh, oh weird. <laughs> But they <laughs> tip if you want a job, don't disappear. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just just be around forever, and maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I uh, they had they had seen the this game I made called January, which is like yeah. a uh, you walk around and lick snowflakes, and it procedurally generates music. Mm-hmm. And they something about that kind of clicked with them, and they were like, yeah. "We want we want a procedural. We think a procedural right. musical score would be would be good for this game." Mm-hmm. And when I saw the game, I was like, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> so I got to work on it, and, and uh, I just, uh, it, took, it took a while to figure out what the design needed to be to serve the game and not detract or, like, distract from yeah. the, inf- the information that the game yeah. is giving you because it's so much of it. Yeah. Um, so it took me a while to kind of figure out what's important, what's not important. And so there were, like, a lot of really weird ideas that I thought were cool that mm-hmm. didn't make it because they kind of didn't they didn't serve the purpose of the game um, mm-hmm. they didn't help the player make sense of all the all the all the lines all the trains all the pe- the passengers moving around and what they're doing yeah so right. like one like one thing that we did was we were using the uh, the train cars in the game as little um, little sequencers mm-hmm. like little yeah. like little um, like a little beat matrix, basically, where yeah. every seat in the in the train was like a, a separate step in a sequence, oh, and so depending on the orientation of passengers and which shapes they were right. in the trains, you'd have these little like cool little like drum yeah. sequences while the trains were moving, mm. and it was cool, but it was just like it was really hard to manage, and it didn't yeah. really tell the player anything that they needed to know. Right. Yeah. It turned out that what they really needed to know was were, were other things. They needed to know. Um, you know when they needed to know if, when, like when passengers were appearing, and um, when stations were appearing, and kind of being able to like differentiate the, the lines from each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are kind of the most important things, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what I leaned into. Yeah, and each line kind of has its own pitch and rhythm and stuff, and there's like subtle timbral things to kind of like uh, point out little uh, like things happening or like different kinds of stations, like when you have a you know, there's like three primary stations in the game, like the triangle, the square, and the circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you get some of the other ones, those sounds are like slightly different, and yeah. they kind of st- stick out a little bit. So you start hearing this like this what like sibilant thing in the <laughs> far on the left. And you're like, what is that? Oh, 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 shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to pause and redraw all my lines. Yeah. Um, so it was it was it was really it was it was a great project because uh, there were no limitations really. It was just like, dude, you know. Just make, yeah. make whatever you want and go crazy. And so that's kind of what we did. We just, feature creep was my, that was like my my goal was to feature creep my way through the entire project because I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. Yeah, right. Uh, so I just kept building all this weird stuff. Yeah. And there's like all sorts of data sonification in the game that most, I would say most people have no idea. Like, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm basically, I'm data, there's, I think I could have sonified even more data, but I sonified a lot of it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I sonified like the capacity of stations. I sonified all the, anything that has a shape that's different from another shape. It's sonified in some way. You know, there's like all sorts of sequences going on. Yeah. So I, it's kind of like it's kind of like serialism, like music serialism mm-hmm. applied to like every trend. With like ideas that didn't work, like this little yeah. mini sequencer yeah. thing. How far down those paths did you get? In some cases, before going no. What uh, was probably good about how I approached it is I didn't. We did build a loadout system so that we could make every level sound somewhat different. Yeah. You know, every level has different rhythms, different train engines, uh, and some other stuff. When I was prototyping stuff, I pretty much focused on the first level. I yeah. prototyped everything in one level. Yeah. Oh, so cool. I didn't really start 
building the loadouts for the different levels until the very end of the project. So, yeah. you know, I would get to a proof of concept. It's in the game, it works, it's yeah. interesting, but then you, you, know, you play it. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, this is getting way <laughs> too cacophonous. I don't know yeah. what's going yeah, on. Yeah, right, right. 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 And just and then that was another thing. Like I really didn't want to build a system that uh, where I needed to limit voices yeah. mm -hmm. or like steal voices. So I had to like be very. It forced me to be very kind of like particular about what needs to have a sound, what doesn't. It's cool that you could get to that point with that level of detail still paid attention to. Mm. I think it's important to note for a lot of people too. You've got to get it all the way into the game and working before you can judge what yeah. it's actually doing. Yeah, and I mean, and it all had to be programmed. Yeah. This is all scripting, yeah. but and it's not even that. It's 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 in. It's working, but then also, you know, this game has a lot of different states. You yeah. can be playing with like you know one line and one one train, yeah. or you can have like you know seven lines and like <laughs> fifty trains. So what does that sound like? And yeah. there's like hundreds of passengers, and there's yeah. like you know there's like twenty events per per second or something. So mm -hmm. um, you know, I have a. I was always thinking about that. Like, you know, yeah. is this going to scale up? Yeah. Uh, and is this going to scale down? You know, does this sound good in the beginning? Does it sound good at the end? It was kind of a it was very intellectually stimulating <laughs> project. <laughs> Long, lots of sleepless nights getting up in the middle of the night to like write a stupid idea down. <laughs> right, right. What if I did this? <laughs> how, was, how was working in Hyperlight Drifter? Or did you spend much time to make tools for it? Because that was Game Maker. Yeah, it was Game Maker. So no middleware allowed? No middleware. Yeah. It was all. We're going through that. They they built their own in-game editor for cool. Game Maker, yep. and so the in-game editor does everything. Yep, it does all the you know, all the level creation, all the scripting for enemy encounters, camera, pretty much everything uh, is done in the, in the editor. So um, we built up the tools that we needed in there, but they're they're pretty straightforward because we didn't want to push Game Maker too far because mm -hmm. we knew we would probably. Be asking for trouble. Uh, yeah, they were really helpful. They like they they added like I think they they added Ogmorbus support for us. Cool. So cool. And they added uh, they added better like memory support for like multiple streams of audio mm -hmm. things that they hadn't done. Yeah. So we probably pushed it further than anyone had pushed it before. Cool. Um, you know, running like. 20, 20 tracks at the same time and doing like sync sync crossfading stuff that's you know been in games forever but not game maker not game maker <laughs> no, so, we have, yeah. we've gone through the, the whole same thing with Wander Song yeah. I don't know if it's actually talked to the, that team yet you should <laughs> yeah I, mean, I don't know anything about our, our tool is about it. it's going very well I mean yeah we've got crossfades and randomization and it's a music game so oh is it uh, is a it singing bard running around uh, oh okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's um. Greg Le Lebanoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw the video for. Him. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, Greg's been awesome. Built us all kinds of tools. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we our our developers built us some stuff. Um, built us a positional ambience system, which didn't exist. Right. <laughs> so we could have sounds that you walk past. Yeah. And they pan. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> And we had we had discussions about like attenuation curves. Like I had to do research on like what kind of a what kind of attenuation curve do I, you know like what uh, what logarithm should we should be using? I was like yes. I don't know. Yeah. Let me let me look into this. <laughs> the one that looks like an S, please. <laughs> yeah. And then we learned that we couldn't use both systems at the same time. Like we had a system for positional ambience that used panning, and then one that was like uh, it was like um, how do I explain this? It's like a instead of spherical attenuation, we had a system that was like rectangular. Okay. Attenuation, okay. and we, but we couldn't use both in the same level, right? Because they used different audio systems, and there was no way to fix. I, I don't know. I don't really understand, but <laughs> it was a lot of weird stuff. Uh, we, we did our, we did our best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the process of that was kind of weird because, you know, we, you know, Kosh was dedicated to sound, dedicated sound designer, mm -hmm. but then towards the end of the project, we we're like, we have all these sounds that we haven't really done, and we need to do them, and so I kind of was like, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. And so I did all the ambiences, and then. I started here. I started noticing all these things in the game that didn't have any sound, like static objects that yeah. I wanted to put positional ambiences to. Right. And there was no easy way to do that. That would just be like, you know, attach the sound to the object, and then yeah. every time you place the object, I said, you know, we had it. Ma I was manually doing it. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. I'm gonna go crazy because you're yeah, changing right. all the levels. Probably tons in every level too, right? Yeah. So you can just attach it to like the the game object, like the not prefab. I, I yeah. Don't know, I don't not, know the terms for yeah, game. Yeah, prefab actually. exactly. Yeah. Not not initially, but yeah. um, towards the end of the development, they actually. 
built the tool for me to like actually connect the sound to the object. Towards the end. Yeah. yeah. Towards the very end of the project. We'll do that for five things. And yeah. Annually. It was already too late. Like I already, I already like. So if you play the game now, yeah. Like there's this one sound that's in the uh, in a lot of places. It's the sound of hyperlight. It's like uh, kind of this electrical sound, mm -hmm. and it's like the pink, the pink tubes and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was playing on the PS4 like maybe a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff had been like polished and moved around, and so like I'd be in an, I'd be like in this area where I'm hearing this sound, I'm like, what? 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 Where is it? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be like 600 pixels that way. Or, uh, <laughs> no. Only it was tied to the object. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Oh man, that's what happens when you have to fake stuff. I yeah. Think, sometimes. Well, we're 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 working on like a. Reverb system yeah. for the American Dream, where for some reason the reverb zones aren't working in Unity on that project, yeah. uh -huh. for, and we don't know why. So Chris is just kind of like attaching it to the listener as like a plugin, like yeah. attaching the reverb just to the listener, huh. so that any sound that happens like gets whatever reverb we set. Yeah, and I think it's gonna work, but at the same time I'm worried because we've never done it before. Yeah, yeah. My my fakery thing right now is. Uh, the lava in hot lava. I'm trying to figure out how to make it an ambience that works, but isn't like I don't have to draw it out on every level. Yeah. How do we like on the code side go define it, but not have to go into every level and draw out volumes of everything? So yeah. I'm like I don't want to handcuff any designers, and I don't want to have to go back into every time they change something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. So a lot of stuff we're doing in that game is like how do we how do we do this but not have to do that, attach something to everything, like, kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Any, like, get rid of any manual stuff. Yeah. How do we make it just work so the designers can design whatever they want and the sound will be there? Sounds like you have to build a system. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of procedural system that yeah. does that. Yeah. I think it's worth doing the work. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting close. We've got something. It yeah. plays and got a couple more tweaks to do to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to make it locked so that it doesn't rotate with you mm. so that it stays and then you rotate so that you get some, some sort of stereo movement of the world to it. Oh, stereo movement of the lava? So the, the way it stays, the, yeah, there's a main lava ambience and it stays locked to its grid so that when you are spinning, it doesn't spin. Oh, so you kind of so get the position. Will, yeah, so you get a little fake positional. That's great. From it. And then put a bunch of other stuff that is on point sources that like, oh, when I'm running by things, Getting some some parallax movement in the ears. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's so kind of like, how do we how do we fake this? The next one is occlusion. Like, yeah. How do you fake occlusion? How we're gonna have how we're gonna like fake an well, occlusion system? Steam. Yeah, yeah. Steam. You heard about Steam, Steam Audio? Audio? Ah, they just, just came, came out. out. Yeah. yeah. It's got occlusion in it. I'm yeah. curious to see somebody try. It's got it. a Unity plugin. Yeah. The games in Unity, so. But I don't like plugins, so. <laughs> so. We'll yeah, see. I, uh, that's cool. I gotta check that out. I did really like the, the occlusion fakery technique of the using a grid, where you can just like bake the level design. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's you, you, I'm drawing on the carpet here. But, <laughs> like you have a grid, and say you have like a, a wall jutting out here. Yeah. You just basically run a system that does like a binary decision on like players here. All of these squares are therefore occluded behind the wall. Mm. Here, here, here. And then right, you right. just like you run that program and bake all that information into the level. Okay. So that it doesn't oh, okay. have to be doing path mining. Wow, that's a happy chair. Yeah. They're really into your idea of yeah. baking in the <laughs> data there. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> and then to do it in 3D, you just, you know, invert the level, do yeah, it. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Like, yeah, yeah the finding ways to sort of bake that stuff in mm -hmm. beforehand is really great. Yes. Then, yeah. of course, there's still, like, the problem of objects being spawned in the level. Yeah. That, like, for VR especially, but I, yeah. I think 3 Deception was, like, they were doing it, and then I don't think they, I think they got purchased. Yeah, so. it'd be better to do it for real, I guess. I mean, I was yeah. approaching yeah. Our, our, I was approaching our programmer, and we're like, I want to do, do this proper, I want to do this, and, I'm, and he's like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, all these big games do this, you know, yeah. like, these big, you know, shooter games do it, and he's like, They've got programmers dedicated to just that for years. <laughs> right. We don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how close can we get with what we've got? Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the, the indie things you get, you know? Yeah. Okay, we can't, we don't have the manpower to do that, so how do we fake what that? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and Mark the Ninja made kind of a, a fake 2D occlusion system. Yeah. And I tried to share that as much as I could in some talks and info and sharing because I'm like, this is just a cool idea that's not that hard to do. So everybody should do it because it'll make your games better. Like, yeah. yeah. Please take this idea and like, yeah. put it into your 2D games. It'll be like, it's a cool thing. So there's some cool stuff coming out. I mean, that there is a. There's, there's that white paper from Microsoft that they built a system for, uh, that was in I guess the, the new Gears of War. Yeah. Where they, yeah. where they, every, uh, there's like, uh, I guess real time convolution of the whole level. Cool. So yeah. It, did you, know, you the, see the, the video? I remember one of the programmers working on it posted a video on Twitter and it was like, oh my god, like it's so good, <laughs> super cool. And then it was like, oh, it's Microsoft owns yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, there was a talk. Last year, I think it was Overwatch talk about, and they they yeah, did something they similar without doing convolution. They just did, uh, I think they just did f like a four like a four direction raycast to yeah. create like a quad delay yeah. mm -hmm. parameters, and so you just get these like four reflections from cool. four directions wherever you were in the level, yeah, and okay. apparently just that like alone added a. It seemed, I mean, from what I heard, it yeah, yeah, adds a lot of kind of like realism to your sense of. I haven't heard anybody Space. complaining about the sound of Overwatch. No. Yeah, no, it sounds it's <laughs> nope. really Yeah, I want to build that. <laughs> <laughs> and Carly was talking about building something similar to that with her little football prototype. Quandalife in a football. Yeah, it was a VR game and she had to or VR it was like a demo that was never actually publicly released. Um but yeah, she did like delays of players and stuff because they had to make this huge. Yeah, cool. all, this, all the sounds <laughs> happening. That's wild. She did this weird, weird. Yeah, because yeah, it was a clever VR, fakery. Be in a stadium in VR. Oh, they okay. All the different spots in the stadium. I'm excited to get into some of this stuff. Uh, my my plan at this point is to probably going to uh, use pure data probably. Yeah. yeah. To, to try to build some stuff with heavy, mm -hmm. the heavy engine. Yeah, um, I was talking to the compiler those? guys last yeah. night. Yeah, those guys are cool. Yeah, Enzine. Enzine. Yeah. Have you have you checked out their uh, prototypes? They're really, no, I haven't checked out the prototypes. Oh, really Chris, good. Chris, our audio programmer, is like really into it. They're really good. We bought him the course, the Pure Data course from the School of Game oh. Audio. So he's going through that. Um, yeah, apparently the compiler is like very very good. Yeah, it's oh, that kind of thing is opening up such a interesting new world mm -hmm. yeah you know it used to be like oh we have this tool and like oh that's that's a really cool thing but i can't put that into a game in any way yeah yeah and that's that so second like, part is getting stripped away yeah. more and more of like and just, that's a really cool thing we're gonna have it we're gonna do this talk and we're gonna show you all this amazing technology oh and it's proprietary but yeah yeah exactly you know, the, the idea is there for you to figure out good luck <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's nice to have people who are like we're gonna we're gonna fill this. We're gonna fill this void that hasn't really been filled. Yeah. You know, this kind of like people want to do runtime audio stuff, uh, yeah. and you know, you can't. Yeah, and especially like doing hard. like procedural runtime stuff has kind of been something kind of out of the reach. Yeah. Of indie people. Yeah. Because it's been this super proprietary, mm -hmm. like big team, big mm -hmm. big budget behind the tech. Company, so now these yeah these people that are stepping in as a third party is like it's awesome lowering that barrier for everybody. So like oh now you can have like yeah all these cool ideas that yeah. the big boys had. Yeah, we had someone at our very first audio like our very first uh, educational meetup, and there was someone from a AAA company. So we had an academic talk. Yeah, and he he'd been working on procedural music, and uh, yeah, this guy this AAA guy was like oh well we've had that for ages. Course. It's like, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've had that since 1997. Yeah, it's like, well, we we haven't. <laughs> I, mean, I remember years ago seeing a talk from uh, Marcus Pop, who was old, weird, glitchy music, mm -hmm. and he had very. This was early on. This, nobody was doing this. He got his own software written to make his music Whoa. and perform his music. And this was like groundbreaking, so we need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And somebody at the end put their hand up and was like, so where, where can I get this? And he kind of laughed and went, this is not for you. <laughs> this is just for me. Wow. <laughs> at the same time, we're doing the same thing with our company right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man. How long ago was that? 
I don't like a long time oh, okay. ago. <laughs> this, is, this isn't for you. This isn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> Silly little person. An ivory tower just starts growing beneath him. <laughs> yeah, lowering the bar. People are lowering the bar. Lower the bar and raise your own abilities. Mm-hmm. You can do it if you have all the time in the world and all the money. You can do anything. <laughs> this has been an empowering, <laughs> an empowering day. Empowering talk with Rich. Happy to help. <laughs> do what you can. Is there anything you uh, specifically wanted to uh, shout out, call out, talk about? Uh, uh, excited about? Yeah. Excited about? Uh, hmm. Anything? Excited. I'm excited to go. I'm excited to go home and play and finish. Keep playing Night in the Woods because I started playing that the night I left. Night I, left. I have to go to dinner with those guys right now. Oh, cool. We did. A, you have to. We did the sound. <laughs> oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And did it. I, I. I'm the. I'm the pigeons. I'm the You're pigeons. The pigeons. Of the cars. Yeah. yeah. The sounds. The sound is really good. Yeah. M did a really good job. There's a lot of dynamics in it. Mm-hmm. I had to mm-hmm. turn it up because yeah. at first I was like. We hit the we hit the audio. We're at minus twenty three. We're supposed to be. That's yeah. quiet for a lot of games. I still don't yeah. think a lot of people are. Yeah, hitting that. Or, yeah. yeah, I did the same thing. First, I think, first time I was like, I think Hyperlight might be pretty quiet too. Yeah, we, I'd rather be too quiet than too loud. Yes, but cats kind then of you, my thing. I mean, as soon as I turned it up, I was like, this is great because you know you things things that are loud. Should be loud or loud, and things that aren't aren't. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of this. There's a lot of really great UI. This really yeah. subtle. Really spent cool. a lot of time. She spent a lot of time. It's really good. That was like we we well we were saying in the last podcast that was our that was like our hardest pitch. Like, mm. our, not we just put so much work into trying to get that game basically. Mm. We probably worked on like a short snippet of footage for like a week. Oh, cool. So, yeah. To get that UI. Really nice. That's I think it's pretty much the same UI that it was in our mock-up. Mm. So that's, that's cool. Nailed it. Good yeah. job. Yeah, I'm proud of that. Really happy with the release too. It's cool. nice. Yeah. And Alex's music is great as well. You're such like a couple of wonder kinds, those two. <laughs> <laughs> Writer, artist, programmer, composer. You do it all. Leave some jobs for the other people. Yeah. <laughs> really worked on that for long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five years, right? No, three, I think. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It keeps getting expanded. Yeah. <laughs> it, keeps, it feels like it's been a while. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it was only three years, but they, but it, but it was uh, delayed a few times. Yeah. So I think that every time you delay, it adds a year. I think I, played it yeah. I think I played it on the Xbox before, like two years ago. So. Right. Cool. Cool. Should That's we it. it. Should we call it. Sure. Thanks for talking to us, Rich. Thanks for yeah. Sorry about for the singing. I, I <laughs> talking back to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the singing that that was. I did that. That's, yeah, that was all the plan. Who are you my escape plan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was it. Thanks for listening. Meow. Meow. Meow.